riveting, isn't it, to listen to somebody tasting wine? Hi, I'm Samantha Teague and welcome to Gourmet Traveller's Set Menu. There isn't much Max Allen doesn't know about booze. As Gourmet Traveller's drinks editor, he's got one of the few jobs where you can still drink at work. Today, he sits down with Gourmet Traveller editor Sarah Oakes to take on our Prosecco Challenge. A blind tasting of Proseccos of mixed reputation and price point. Let's see what comes out on top. When you go out for a meal with friends, do you ever not order the drinks? No, and I'm really I'm one of those people that can't relax until you've ordered. You know those people like they sit there and, and they're looking around for the waiter or you know I need to order now because I can't relax until I've ordered. I'm also one of those people that will look at the wine list first find the glass or the bottle that I want to try and then look at the menu and go, well, what food's going to go with this wine? Because it's obviously got to be the wine or the drinks first, doesn't it? Don't you do that? Do you do that? No, and I don't know anyone else that does that. So it's so <laughs> fascinating to me that you do the drinks and then choose the food yeah. around the drinks. Well, because it's usually like, um, this is something that I've done ever since. So I started working in bottle shops and worked in a drive through bottle shop for many years. And, and um, even then, before I had anything published, it was always, what's the next thing that I can try? You know, never try the same thing twice because life's too short. There's thousands of different wines and different whiskies and different beers out there. Um, so if I open a wine list, I'll look at it and I'll go, oh, I haven't tried that. I've heard about that. I want to try a glass of that. Now, what's going to go really well with it? Well, there must be one or two things that you do drink multiple times. What will you keep going back to? I go through phases. You know, when you find a new artist on Spotify, he says, pretending mm. to be with, with the 21st century, or, so you know, you find a, a new musician that you like and you just listen to that person for a week. You know, I'll do the same thing with wine. Um, what I'm really loving at the moment is this new wave of kind of rosé, kind of light red wines made from Pinot Gris or Pinot Meunier or Pinot Noir. So these are beautiful, juicy reds. They're the kind of wines that I will look for because I'm just really into those styles of wine. I avoided that question, didn't I? You, did. you didn't answer it, but no, that's I'm right. Sorry. I'll give you a pass on yeah, that. Okay. Look, our Italian issue is on stands now. Um, so I want to talk with you about Prosecco. We're going to do a Prosecco experiment today and have you taste some. I feel like there's an expectation in Australia, at least, that when I order Prosecco, a sparkling wine is going to arrive at the table. But that's not always the case, is no, it? No, no. Traditionally, um, the Prosecco grape variety or the wine from from Prosecco which is a real place in in the northeast of Italy was made into still wine and sparkling wine it's only really in the modern day that the sparkling style of Prosecco has taken off and my god has it taken off like it's just huge around the world not just here Um, because the name Prosecco has become associated with the fizzy version Back in Italy, they're insisting now that it's known by... The grape variety itself is known by its traditional name, which is the rather boring name of Glera. It's not as fun, no, is it? Prosecco, Prosecco sounds <laughs> frothy and bubbly and delicious. Um, so the grape variety is called Glera. The style of Prosecco that we're used to, the sparkling style, it, it's more a style description. Mm. Well, Prosecco is, of course... Um, a key ingredient in the spritz, which is mm. about, which is what your column is about this month. And the thing that really uh, captured my interest in that column is that it's it's not a it's not a classic old drink. It's like a mm. relatively new trend. The spritz. Well, it, you can trace the history of people adding um, 
water to wine, sparkling water to wine goes back many, many years and sparkling water is a very important part of the spritz. You can trace the history of people adding aromatised or flavoured wine to still white wine many, many years. It's only really in the 1990s that, that waiters in Italy decided to take this new trendy sparkling Prosecco and use that as the basis of the spritz. So the drink itself, when you're sitting in Venice and you're drinking this beautiful glowing orange concoction at 3.30 in the afternoon uh, and, and eating beautiful snacks, salty snacks, and you think this is, it feels like people have been doing this forever, mm. but actually it's only a relatively recent drink. But there's still regional like regional takes Absolutely. on the drink, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So depending on where you are in Italy, um, they will use the uh, localised Amaro as, as the basis. So the bitters that, that are the kind of the colouring agent and very much the flavouring agent of the drink, depending on where you are. So uh, Aperol, Campari, all these, these drinks that we're familiar with. If you're in a, a small regional town in Italy, they might use a different drink that you can't find elsewhere. So it kind of really localises the flavour of the spritz, which is what a lot of Australian bar you're listening to Gourmet Traveller's Set Menu. Where's your favourite place for a spritz? Have you, you got a suggestion for us in Sydney and Melbourne? Yeah, so um, the great thing about the spritz is that it can be personalised and you can take it as, a, as an idea and kind of run with it. Um, when we were planning this story, I was talking to Pat Nurse and he said that, you know, you've got to include 10 Williams streets because they, they do the classic and they just do it so well. So... Aperol, Prosecco, sparkling water and a green olive. has to have the green olive. Um, doing the research for this, I like um, the fact that the Everly in Melbourne, the great cocktail bar in Melbourne, takes that classic simple idea and pushes it <laughs> as far as you can go. And they have a spritz called the Have It All, which incorporates Aperol, Cocci Americano, Cocci Rosa, and it's got orange and lemon in it. So it's like, you know, taking a spritz and turning the volume up to 11. Yep. So what, what we have in front of us is four bottles that have had the tops taken out of them, so I'm, I'm not swayed by any glimpse of a label, and they are, as you can hear, wrapped in brown paper bags. So the thing about Prosecco before we start is that it has, and I th- one of the reasons why it's become so popular, is that it has a lovely, how can I say this without being rude, it it's, doesn't have much flavour right so so it's not a, a, like a really high quality chardonnay or pinot noir that you would find in in champagne or sparkling wine from tasmania say which has lots of flavor prosecco has kind of a just a nice grapey kind of appley flavor it's basic as the young people well, might it's, say it's but it's straightforward and you know sometimes that's all you want you just want a nice glass of sparkling wine right so this is what i'm looking for mm-hmm. in these wines here so i'm going to start with the first wine on my left which means nothing to anybody we're going to give it a smell and it smells of i don't know like sherbetty kind of smells and oh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the other thing about prosecco which that wine has is this sherbetty foamy fizz it's not too aggressive it's kind of got a soft creaminess to it and that i think is uh, uh, and just a touch of sweetness what is it? That's good. I like that. That is a Sam Miranda Prosecco, huh. and it's from King Valley in Victoria. So we're not in Italy. Perfect. Really uh, fresh and Moorish example. Excellent. Okay, the second wine uh, has a little less of that fruit. When, when you stick your nose in the glass, uh, more kind of, I don't know, more it kind of smells like the carbon dioxide, really, that's coming out of the, out of the wine. Mmm. 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 
riveting, isn't it, to listen to somebody tasting wine? Um, there's less fruit. It's crisper. It's less of that kind of sherbety, foamy texture, and it's got more of a, of a crisp kind of tart Granny Smith apple flavour. That is the Il Fresco Prosecco Doc Brut from Veneto in Italy. Yeah, so in that that classic northeast uh, region of Italy, where you will find the classic prosecco cocktails like the Spritz and of course the Bellini. Mm. Okay, next one, number three. Ah, now this is interesting. So this is, you remember I said that apple character that I expect to find in, in prosecco. This really smells like, um, you know, you've just cut open a Granny Smith apple and it's just beginning to bruise you know it's just beginning to brown so it's that slightly bruised apple character Mm. which is very typical of this style of wine Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a little less fresh I'd say that wine has probably been uh, in the bottle for a while and has maybe sitting, been sitting on a shelf somewhere for a, a while too. Um, not in a good way, based on your expression. Not in a good way. No, it's kind of uh, just a little bit flatter. And I think one of the things that people want about a, when, when they ask for a good Prosecco or when they buy a, a, a bottle of Prosecco is they want freshness. Mm. They want life. They want crispness. They want to, you know, it's, it's Friday, it's 5.30. You just want a glass of sparkling that's nice and cold and refreshing. And I think that wine just has a, lacks a little bit of refreshment. Okay, well... That one is the most expensive one that we're trying today, and it's the San Martino Prosecco Doc Extra Dry from Veneto in Italy. Last one. Okay. Oh, that's very interesting. Again, so this is why I just love doing what I do is that you can't get bored. (laughs) Here's only four bottles in front of me, and each one is quite different and offers something... Mm. Mm. Now, that's all apples, again... But it almost tastes like um, apple flavouring it so appley. You know, it's less of the fresh fruit and more like a... It's, if you told me that that was like a cider, a modern style carbonated fruit juicy cider, I'd almost believe you because it's got so much apple flavour. But it's almost a little bit too much. It's another one from Veneto, believe it or not. But it is our little sneaky bottle that we put in there from Aldi. Um <laughs> Uh, and it's the Corti Carista Prosecco Doc Extra Dry. But there's nothing wrong with this, right? It's in the mix. If you're looking for something that's really fruity and, you know, almost I'd be inclined to want to use that in a spritz because mm. it's got that, that fruitiness, which is going to be cut by the, the bitterness of the Aperol or the Campari. Um, yeah, no, nothing wrong with it at all. And it's probably about $2 a bottle or something given it's from Aldi. It's a very well-priced nine ninety nine. Yeah. Thank you, Aldi. Look, based on your feedback, I'm going to go. I'm choosing to have a glass of Sam Miranda from the King Valley. Absolutely. Drink local. Think global, drink local. And honestly, these wines were served in brown paper bags. I had no idea what I was tasting. So that's a, a good result for the King Valley, I reckon. Mm. Yep, tastes like summer. It's beautiful. <laughs> holding a glass in each hand well I just want to remember what this tastes like yeah I mean I feel like this is like a stronger version the interesting thing though what you what Sarah just did by (laughs) holding a glass in each hand 
first of all, you've, you've, I think you've absolutely nailed the essence of wine tasting in two ways. The first is it's all about context. How can you taste something without having something to compare it to? So this is something that I do encourage people to do, is to have more than one bottle open at a time. Mm. This is obviously only to be encouraged when you have lots of people around to yeah. help share the drinking. But you know, if you've got two Chardonnays, you can, you can have a sip of one, have a sip of the other, compare and contrast. The other one is that very often uh, this is just a grown-up drinking game, let's mm. face it. <laughs> because gonna... as the night progresses and you're on to, you know, at a dinner party, you're on to your third or fourth bottle, your taste buds aren't as sharp. You're not thinking about the taste of things as much, are you? No, you're, you're not. not like that first glass where you really... So another thing that's worth doing, if you are really into it, open them all at the beginning, just taste them, mm. just fix the memory of that flavour in your mind so that when it gets to the cheese or dessert or whatever and you're onto the third or fourth bottle you don't have to spend too much time waffling and Mm. swirling the glass and trying to remember because you've already done that before you know you're right you just can just relax and have a good time yep thank you max for tasting all those brown bag proseccos (laughs) that's you're welcome and enlightening us uh with your commentary it's great to see you next time can we do champagne yes please (laughs) If you'd like to read Max's column on the spritz, pick up our latest Italian-themed issue. It's in stores now. And if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you subscribe so you'll know when the next episode drops. And give us a review to make it easier for people to find us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.